As we spend time in God's Word together, I want to show us all from a well-known story uh, how it reveals to us the truth about Jesus and lets us know that we can trust Jesus in every circumstance in our lives as well. So if you have a Bible here this morning, I'd invite you to turn with me over to Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 22. Now we're going to read this story and we're going to see four circumstances in which we need to trust Jesus and one reason why we can trust Jesus. Okay, so if you'd stand with me here as we read uh, from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, uh, beginning verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have revealed who you are to little children, along with big and old people like us. Uh, Father, we pray that, uh, that we would not allow the simplicity of this story or its familiarity to obscure the truth that we can trust Jesus in every circumstance and that Jesus is fully worthy of our trust. Father, I pray that we would glorify you today as we read and study your word and as your Holy Spirit comes and, and intervenes and moves in our hearts. Uh, Father, I pray that he would work his transforming work in us, that he would cause us to trust Jesus in a greater way today for having heard and studied and looked at your word together. And Father, we pray that in all things you might be glorified uh, with not only our lips, but with our lives. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. All right. Well, now earlier, uh, I told you that our theme for BBS this week was Trust Jesus, right? Um, and that is one of the most important basic truths that the Bible teaches us over and over and over again in its pages. And if you look closely at this story, this passage, and you really study it, 
what you'll see is it shows us four circumstances that we might encounter in our lives uh, where we need to trust Jesus. And it also gives us one important reason why we should trust Jesus. And verses 23, I mean, 22 to 25 teach us to trust Jesus when the wind is against us. If you look at the passage here, do you see verses 22 to 25? Jesus, let me give you a context, uh, help you understand where we are in the Bible story that's unfolding in Matthew's gospel here. Jesus is on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, if you're not familiar with the geography of that part of the world, the Sea of Galilee is this giant freshwater lake in the north of the country of Israel. And it forms the headwaters for the Jordan River, which flow down from there to the Dead Sea. And that forms the border of uh, the between the nation of Israel today and the country of Jordan to the east on uh, the other side of the river and on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, Jesus is on the east side. He's on the Jordanian side. And he and his disciples are there and they have just performed together this amazing miracle called the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus took loaves and fishes from a little boy's lunch and he distributed it to, to over 5,000 men. And then there were, in addition to that, women and children who were there with them. And it was an amazing thing. It was an incredible miracle. And everybody has eaten and they have collected all of the leftovers. Because can you believe that? From a little boy's lunch, they, they were leftovers for over 5,000 people. And as, you, as, as, the, as this story continues, after that mighty miracle, Jesus tells his disciples, boys, get back in the boat and go back home. Now, back home is on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, They've got to cross the sea. It's, a, it's at the point that they're crossing about five miles across the water. So it's a pretty good little jaunt. You can't see from one side to the other. And um, Jesus sends the crowd home, and then he goes up by himself on the mountainside to pray. And Jesus prays most of the night by himself. The Bible tells us in, in verse 25 that Jesus came to his disciples in the fourth watch of the night. Now what that means is, is this. The Romans divided the time and the evening into four different periods. This is the period between three in the morning and six o'clock in the morning. Now the disciples got into the boat and started rowing just after supper time. So that means they have been rowing across the water for between 9 and 12 hours. Anybody ever rowed a boat for 12 hours? How about 9 hours? Any hands? Anybody want to row a boat for 9 hours? Uh, I don't want to do it for an hour, but 9 hours is a long time to be pulling on the oars. Amen? The longest day I've ever spent was canoeing up in the Boundary Waters. And I felt like uh, by the end of that day, when we had rowed five miles, 
uh, I felt my shoulders were going to fall literally out of their sockets. Uh, and I, my hand was like frozen to the oar, you know. And it was, it was a whole bunch of fun. It was really beautiful. But we were tired at the end of that day. And that we, when we were paddling, we were going across a lake. There was no wind. And, and it was easy paddling. But the reason that they have had such a hard time getting across the lake is because the wind is against them. And so you can't rig up your sail and have the wind push you along. You've got to just row because the wind is blowing against you. When John, John also tells this story, he tells us how far across they were. They were less than three miles into their five-mile trip. Can you imagine that? You have been rowing for between nine and 12 hours, and you're less than past, you're just around the halfway point for where you've got to go. Are you tired at the end of that, do you think? Are you sweating? Do you not smell very good? Yeah, probably. All of those things, right? And, and the wind is against them. And the wind is so strong that the waves are rising as well. There's white caps on the waves. And they are about three miles from shore. A little less than three miles from shore. And the waves are beating against the boat and the wind is blowing against them. And they're having a hard time. You know, we put motors on boats today for just exactly this reason. That you want to be able to go against the wind, against the current. You want to be able to travel no matter how you get, how, what direction you want to go. You want to be able to get there. Amen? And on top of that, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to hook up mercury and turn on the gas than it is to row with your arms across the body of water. Amen? And so, um, so they had gone too far to turn around. But getting to the other side was going to take even more effort. Do you notice who showed up right in the middle of that situation? Who is it, kids? Jesus showed up. That's exactly right. And doing, and Jesus is doing something miraculous. He is walking on the water all the way to them. Now we got to think about that for a second. You know, a lot of times when people tell this story, oh yeah, Jesus walked on water, they're picturing like a guy in about like two inches of water kind of, you know, flipping and flopping his way across, right? No, this is three miles out while the wind is blowing and the waves are white capping. And these guys have been rowing for nine hours. They are struggling to make any progress at all. And Jesus comes cruising out across the top of the water on his bare feet. How about that one? Have you ever seen that? Me neither. Okay, this is an unusual thing. Jesus has power. He is doing something miraculous. And the reason that he is that this is here and the reason is telling us this is because it is teaching us that we need to do what, kids? Trust 
Jesus. Because you may be in a situation where it feels like this. Where it feels like you have been struggling and working for hours and days and months and years. And you are struggling and working and you're tired. And you don't know how you're going to get to the end of the situation. Because it feels like the waves are are rising and the wind is blowing and the wind is blowing straight in your face and it's against you. And in that very moment, you will need to do what? To trust Jesus. Because He will, if you trust Him, show up doing something miraculous in your life in that very moment. Amen? This story continues in verses 26 and 27. It tells us to trust Jesus even when you're afraid. You would think that seeing Jesus come walking out on the water would be comforting to the disciples, right? Hey, we have needed Jesus and here's Jesus. Boy, this is so encouraging. Is it encouraging to them? No. What does the story say? It says they were terrified. You know, sometimes um, in my house, my wife gets really scared. She does. And do you know why? Because she knows I'm in the house. She knows I'm there, right? But sometimes she will be maybe in the bathroom or whatever, and she won't know that I'm in the room outside the bathroom. And she will open the door. And she'll all of a sudden go, <gasps> you know why she does that? And I will laugh. Okay. And you know why? Because she is not expecting to see me. She's like, I didn't know you were there. I'm like, I've been in the house all day. Why are you so startled to see me, right? And she's like, I didn't know you were there. It scared me, right? Well, Jesus' disciples, when they see Jesus walking on the water, are terrified. They're absolutely scared. Because, have you, have you ever seen anybody walk on water? No, me neither. Okay, this has never happened in my life experience. And so, they're thinking, people don't walk on water. But here's a figure of someone walking on the water. It must be a ghost. And that's what they think they're seeing. And remember, it's late at night. It's still dark out. And they're tired. And Jesus quickly answers them. What does he say? He says, take heart. It's me. Don't be afraid. And you know what? When you encounter a situation where you're afraid, you know what you most need to know? That Jesus is there with you. And when Jesus is there with you, when you're afraid, what can you do? You can trust Jesus. He will be there with you. And His presence is more powerful than whatever it is that you're afraid of. If you keep looking at the story, you'll see a third situation where we need to trust Jesus, which is to do the impossible. Can we all agree that it's impossible to walk on water? Yeah, 
It's impossible. Any of y'all tried it? Any of you tried it? Like, I tried it a couple of times, right? I read this story when I was a little boy, and I thought, well, I believe in Jesus. I think I can do this, right? And, you know, if you go to a swimming pool, and you step off the edge, and you're like, I'm going to walk on water. You know what happens? You go right to the bottom like a rock. That's what happens, okay? Uh, because walking on water is impossible. It is absolutely impossible. And if you try it, it will not work for you. But Jesus did it. And you know what? When Peter trusted in, in Jesus and kept his eyes on Jesus rather than focusing on the wind and the waves, Peter could do it too. Well, how is it possible then that they did it? Because Jesus has power to do the impossible. Jesus has power to do the impossible. He is the Son of God, amen? And He made the wind and the waves. He made the world and everything in it. And He has the power to do the impossible because He is the one who wrote the laws of the universe. He, is, he can therefore suspend them anytime He wants. And in this situation with His disciples, He chooses to do so. And He's like, you know what? I know that water won't support a human body. And even though I have a human body, I'm going to just walk on the water because I am the maker of the wind and the waves. Jesus has power to do what is impossible. And He can, whenever He wants to, work miracles in my life and your life, and He can enable you to do the impossible. He can do what is impossible for us too. You ever been in an impossible situation? I'm talking about one that's really impossible, and you cried out to Jesus. I don't know where you came from today. I don't know what your situation is, but here's what I know that Jesus specializes in doing the impossible. Maybe you had someone who is desperately sick and you know that the doctors have come and they have, have gathered everybody around and said to you, you know, there's really nothing more we can do here. And you cried out to Jesus. Maybe your marriage was broken and I've seen a lot of this. Where somebody is in a relationship that is absolutely painful and broken. Maybe even your spouse has moved out and you cried out to Jesus. Maybe you looked at the stack of bills on your counter and the amount of money in your checking account and you realize there's no way that the amount of money that needs to go out is going to deal with the amount of money that I have. And you know what I've seen time and time and time again? When we cry out to Jesus, very often He chooses to do the impossible for us. I saw that this spring. Many of you know, my brother was so sick with COVID after two weeks in the hospital, he went home, then he came back in the hospital and they gave us a call and they said to us, we don't know what's going to happen tonight. 
but we would invite you to pray through the night for Stephen. And I reached out to some of my friends here at church that I'm close to, and the word went out, and I prayed through the night. My mother, my sisters, my dad, we prayed through the night. Hundreds of people around the world prayed through the night seeking God's mercy for my brother's life. And two weeks later, he walked out of the hospital. God does the impossible. They told us there's nothing more we can do. We're doing all we can. He walked out of the hospital. If you try to convince me that that was medical, I will laugh at you. Not because it's funny, but because it was amazing what God did. And he deserves all the credit there. And doctors treat, but Jesus heals. Amen? They are practicing. He made the body. And he can heal it whenever and however he chooses. Jesus does the impossible. And you can and you must trust Jesus to do the impossible. Amen? So when the situation you're in is impossible, boys and girls, what do you need to do? Trust Jesus. Amen? We do. And there's another situation where we need to trust Jesus, and that's this one. When your faith is small. When your faith is small. Look at verse 31. If you... If you if you look at the verses before that, what you'll see is that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus for a minute and he focused on the wind and the waves. And instead of walking on the water, he started to sink in the water and Jesus grabbed hold of him. And he took him into the boat. And when they got into the boat, the wind and the waves were ceased. They all stopped. And at that moment, as Peter as Peter's just been rescued by Jesus and taken into the boat, he asks him this question. He says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I always think that's kind of a weird question, right? Did Peter have little faith? Well, no, when it came time to step out of the boat, he had great big faith, right? He had great big faith. In fact, how many disciples were on the boat? Twelve. How many got out of the boat? One. So who had little faith? Everybody in the boat. Right? But Peter got out and he walked on the water. He did something none of the other disciples ever did in their lives. But when he saw the wind and the waves, his faith shrank. And his great big get out of the boat faith shrank down to tiny little faith that he was not going to be able to do this anymore. He put his eyes more on his situation than on the one who had made the impossible possible. And the mighty faith that believed enough to get out of the boat was revealed as being not quite so big. And I don't know where you came from today. I don't know your situation and all the details, but here's what I do know, that many times God will hand you a situation 
where it seems like the wind is blowing hard and there are white-capped waves all around you. And it's easy in such times to focus on your situation, on the wind and the waves, rather than on Jesus who made them both and is with you in that hard situation. Amen? It's easy for our faith to be small sometimes, just like Peter's was. And to find that we who had enough faith to follow the Lord out of the boat into a hard situation, when we get into it, we are all of a sudden shocked to find how difficult that situation really is. And our faith shrinks and we start to sink. But you know what I love about this? Love in this story. That when that happened, Jesus didn't look at Peter and go, well, bud, you're on your own. Sorry, should have trusted me. <laughs> okay, what did he do? He took hold of Peter and he rescued him because Jesus loved Peter even when Peter's faith was small and even when it was overwhelmed by the circumstances. And that teaches us this important truth that when our faith is small, and our circumstances are big. What do we need to do? Trust Jesus. Now, the last couple of verses here give us one more reason why we need to trust Jesus. And it's this, because Jesus is God's son. Do you see that? Look into your Bible. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Why did that wind cease? Because Jesus controls the wind. And those in the boat worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Now I bet if I took a, took a survey and I asked all of you, I said, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take you out onto a big lake. We're going to go out onto Lake Michigan about three miles offshore. And then I'm going to get out of the boat and walk on water. And you're going to walk with me. That I would not get very many takers on that trip, right? You might go, well, I'll go up there with you and fish, but I'm staying in the boat. And I hope you wear a life jacket, right? Because it does not matter that much what the size of your faith is, but it does matter a great deal who your faith is in. Amen? And if you are putting your faith in me, you're going to be in a heap of trouble when it comes to water walking. Okay? Let's just all, let's just all go on record. If, if any of us are organizing water walking excursions across Lake Michigan, it's going to be a short trip outside the boats. Okay? Um, because... You and I, on our own, cannot do the impossible. We cannot enable you to walk on water. But Jesus can. I can't do the impossible. Jesus can. I can't calm your fears. Jesus can. I can't immediately calm the wind. But Jesus can. I am not a good person to put your trust in. But Jesus is. Amen? Jesus is. Why? Because as the disciples came to realize and as this story makes very clear, Jesus is God's 
Son. And because Jesus is God's Son, He is worthy of your faith. And you can put your trust in Him, and you should. Because Jesus is God's Son, He makes all created things obey His will, including not only the wind and the waves, but everything in the entire universe that exists listens to His voice. Because Jesus is God's Son, He can do the impossible. He can enable you to do the same. And because Jesus is God's Son, He can calm your fears with His presence. And because Jesus is God's Son, He is trustworthy in every single circumstance that life throws your way. Every single one. Every situation in your life. And over and over again, In truly true stories, just like this one, Jesus proves He is God's only begotten Son. And this story is one of my favorites. It really is. I love the idea of Jesus enabling one of His followers to do something that is absolutely impossible. But you know what? It isn't my favorite one. You know what my favorite one is? Kids, any guesses? My favorite one is the one we told on Thursday. About Jesus Christ being the Son of God who came into the world to die on a rough wooden cross for our sins and to be raised from the dead to give us new life. Because in that, He demonstrates His power to do the impossible. People who are dead do not get out of the grave. Amen? But Jesus got Himself out of the grave after being dead for three days. And He died a death He didn't deserve, but that we deserved. Every single sin that we've ever committed was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Every single Uh, sinful thing we've ever done, every sinful thing we ever will do in the future was paid for on the cross by Jesus. He died as the perfect substitute for sin. And then He proved that He was the Son of God by getting out of the grave, defeating death three days later. He offers new life to everyone who follows Him. Remember how we said how Jesus' power enables not only Him to do the impossible, but it also enables you to do the impossible. Jesus' power enables you to live forever with Him. Just as He lives forever, He gives eternal life to all who put their trust in Him. To enable them to live forever too. He loves you and He came to die for every sinful thought, every sinful thing you've ever thought or done, ever ever will do, ever will think. He paid it all. And He offers you salvation as a free gift, eternal life with Him. If you will do one very important thing, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus with your life. Now, I'm not going to call everybody up here. But right where you're sitting, some of you need to do business with God. Because though you have grown up in church, uh, maybe, or maybe you came to VBS this week, or 
maybe this is the first time you've been in church in years. The last time you were here or in a church was for a funeral or maybe the day you got married. And you're like, I don't know about all this. But here's what I know for sure. That Jesus died to save you from your sins and to offer you eternal life if you put your trust in him. And if you've never done that, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter uh, whether you have done many things of which you're deeply ashamed or whether you look back over the course of your life and go, yeah, I nailed it. Uh, but what? here's what I do know. That none of us have nailed it. And that we all deeply and desperately need Jesus. And so if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ right where you're sitting, I want you to put your trust in Jesus Christ today because He is the Son of God who died for your sins and rose from the grave to offer you new life with Him forever. I'm going to pray and give you an opportunity to right as we're sitting here to begin that new life, to have the Holy Spirit enter into your life and to transform you from the inside out as a member of the body of Christ. And so if you'd pray with me, and then we're going to celebrate communion together. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for showing us and teaching us over this last week and in your word here this morning how we can trust Jesus. And that we need to trust Jesus because He is a worthy, fully person of our trust. He is completely trustworthy in every circumstance with every hard thing that comes our way. We can trust Jesus that He has a plan, that His power and goodness will overcome every obstacle for us and bring us safely home to You if we put our trust in Him. Father, help us to trust Jesus today. Help us to trust in His goodness and power to deliver us from sin and death and hell. If we've not put our trust in Jesus yet, Father, help us to trust Him right now. Even right here as we're sitting here, Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit be working in hearts and bringing people into relationship with Jesus for the first time. Father, help them to realize that their sins, though they are many, are not greater than your grace and your mercy. And that trusting in Jesus is the best, smartest thing anyone ever does. And it isn't because we are so wise, but it is because you are so good that we come to faith. Father, if there's anyone here, a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, who has never trusted in Jesus, I pray today would be that day and this moment, that moment. And Father, for the rest of us, I pray that when we encounter impossible situations, when the wind is against us, when we're afraid, when our faith is small, that you would help us to trust in Jesus and to see his deliverance in all these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.